0: Alright, I'm your host Casey Guerin and we are finally back. After a long hiatus, I'm finally back on the podcast game. It's been a while since I've been in the game. It's been a few months, but we are back into the podcast game. We are one week away from the NFL draft. So this is a perfect time to hop back on, get back on the podcast game, start delivering some content for everybody. I've had quite a few people reach out, ask how 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 come I haven't done any shows? How come I haven't uh, produced any content in a while? So I am back. I'm back in the podcast game and today I will be dropping in this episode my 2021 rookie running back rankings pre-NFL draft. We are one week away from the draft so I'm going to talk about some players here, talk about the running backs today, hopefully talk about the wide receivers sometime soon before next thursday talk about the wires or the quarterbacks tight ends another day before next thursday so we are finally back i'm going to try and get out as much content as i can going forward um it's probably going to be a lot of different stuff not just fantasy football a lot of different content some baseball stuff a bunch of different things so we'll see when we get there but let's Let's crush this NFL draft stuff right now. We are going to start with the running back rankings today. So what I want to start with is just to say with the 2021 NFL running back class, I want to start off by saying uh, a little disclaimer here at the front. I just want to say that all the 40 times, all the 40-yard dash times that I have here today, I got from playerprofiler.com. It is a website of analytics and data from Roto Underworld. It is a website that I write for. It's a website that I currently work for. And the big thing with Roto Underworld this year is with all the pro days and no official combine, all of the 40 times are .05, so five hundredths of a second slower than what was reported at the NFL. Uh, at the at these teams' pro days. So the reason why they're all 5 one-hundredths of a second slower are because, according to all the data, on average, a pro, die, a pro day hand-timed 40-yard dash time is approximately 0.05 five-hundredths one, five of a second slower than an NFL combine time. So on a hand-timer, the human body, the human mind, the human reaction can't exactly time up the the hand time as soon as the player starts that forward momentum going in their 40-yard dash time. It's impossible for a human to get that perfectly right. So that five one-hundredths of a second average is added on to everyone's 40 time. At Player Profiler, we do this so everybody can be compared one-to-one. There's so much human error involved with hand timing. You can't take every single hand time pro day uh, one for one unless you do this adjusting with the five one hundredths of a second hand time added on. So every every time that I list for you today for all these players, just note that .05 was added on to these times. Well, I'm, I'm giving you the times with the .05 added on to them. So this would be their time with the .05. And then another thing with the NFL Combine at the NFL Combine, they also have video replay, so they can go into the video replay and give an official time that way, looking at the video, when the player starts, when they exactly finish, and give a much more accurate time there. So this, um, the, with the human error, with there's hundreds of different schools, and you have a hundred, hundreds of different people timing these things, hundreds of different scouts timing these timing these 40-yard dash times so by adding that .05 average we added on it compares every player one for one and now every player in this class is compared on an equal playing field instead of having a potential non even playing field for the 40-yard dash times due to pro day due to hand times and things like that so I just wanted to get that out of the way first and also the other big thing here to get out of the way first before we go into these rankings is I just wanted to say that I really don't have draft capital based into these running back rankings right now, it's not based on draft capital right now. These rankings are based on who I think and who I believe are the best players in this class, ranked by who I think is the best based on their profile, based on their athletic testing, based on things like that. So we're just gonna go top to bottom, I have one through 15 and then some numbers after that. Some notable guys after the one through 15. So you'll get about 18, 19 guys today, running backs to look for in the NFL draft, ranked not with draft cap, draft capital involved. So like, let's say a guy is projected to go in the first round. I'm not I'm not looking at that right now. I'm just looking at with their production profile, with their athletic testing, with all these numbers who I believe is the is the best, and then the next best, and then the next best. So we're going to start off at number one. Number one ranked running back in the class is Travis Etienne. I think Etienne is the number one back in this class over Harris for a few reasons. Etienne went to his pro day, actually weighed in at 215 pounds. 215 pounds, awesome weight. That's, that's what we needed to see out of ETN. The big scare with ETN was whether he was going to weigh like 200 or 205 pounds, which is just a little small for the NFL level. But he came in, ran ran the 40 time. I think he was 4 5 and he had 215 pound weigh-in, which is awesome. That's all we needed to see was that he was big enough to be a three-down workhorse in the NFL. He's a dynamic runner with big playability, exceptional pass catching skills. He fits exactly where the NFL game is going and that's why I think ETN is the number one back in this class the NFL is going towards a faster paced faster players everybody's faster now these dynamic runs big runs and pass catchers out of the backfield and ETN fits that exactly he had 13 total touchdowns as a freshman 26 as a sophomore 23 total touchdowns as a junior and 16 touchdowns this year. So in his college career, Travis Etienne scored 78 total touchdowns. As a junior, he had 37 receptions, and this year in only 12 games, he had 48 receptions. He had 700 rushing yards as a freshman, 1600 as a sophomore, and 1600 rushing yards again this year as a junior. He is a big play threat waiting to happen. Every time he touches the ball, there's a chance he can take it to the house. He's a fast, dynamic runner. He makes big plays happen on the ground and in the passing game, and that is why I think Etienne is the number one back in this class, because I think he just fits exactly where the NFL game is starting to head, for running backs at least, running backs that catch out of the backfield and can make big plays happen when they do touch the ball on the ground. It's going more towards a passing league, so you're looking more for running backs now who can catch out of the backfield and more running backs that don't need 30 touches a game to be productive, guys like ETN who are fast who may only need 12, 15 carries a game plus three or four catches for almost 20 touches a game that can make big plays happen on 20 touches or less instead of guys like old, older players, like older style of football where you're feeding the rocks, you're running back, thirty times a game and they just wear down the defense and that's just not where the NFL game is at right now. The NFL game is moving away from that grinder back role where you just run between the tackles and touch touch the ball thirty times and wear down the defense and, and the NFL is just moving away from that. And that's why I think ETN is the number one back in this class this year. He fits where the NFL game is going. He makes big plays happen. He makes big plays happen in the passing game as well. And he has the stats to back it up. He has the early production to back it up. And with a lot of these players and a lot of the podcasts, you'll hear me talk about age-adjusted production. If you're doing huge things, having a great season at 18, 19 years old, and the SEC or the ACC, if you're doing these things at 18, instead of waiting until you're a 22-year-old senior, it's a big deal. It's a really huge deal to be able to put up big numbers and produce as a freshman 18 years old first year out of high school and etn did it right away 700 yards rushing as a freshman 13 total touchdowns as a freshman right away and from there he just hit the ground running literally and figuratively so etn's a beast. he's got the speed got the pass catching ability and now has the the weight and for those concerned about or those that are saying, "Oh well, if he weighs 215 at his pro day, that that was just one day. He's probably not going to weigh that during the season. Even if he drops five, ten pounds during the season, and he's 210, 205. If he's lighter, that means his 40-yard dash time would be even lower too. So if he plays at 205, 210, his 40-yard dash time might even be 445, 440 range, which is only going to make him a little bit faster as well." Number two in the class, Najee Harris, Alabama. So really, it's a one and two. It doesn't matter who you have ranked high. Higher, it really doesn't matter. To me, like I said with ETN, it's just his style fit and the NFL fit. Najee Harris was a monster producer at Alabama. And this year, as a senior, he really solidified any question marks for his role as a three-down back in the NFL. He caught 43 passes passes this year. 43 receptions for a big boy Najee Harris is like 230 pushing 240 pounds that's a lot of catch that's a lot of passes to catch for a guy that big so he kind of silenced all the question marks he's big he can catch out of the backfield he had 27 receptions as a junior he had 30 total touchdowns this year in his senior year great size 230 pounds the only question mark with Najee Harris right now why he's number two is he didn't test he did an athletic test we don't know if he's fast we think we think he's got to be decently fast but 230 pounds you never know Najee Harris could be a 230 pound guy that runs in the four sixes which is not very fast so Najee Harris not testing pushes him down to two Travis Etienne testing pushes him up to one so Harris we don't know exactly how fast he is we don't know how agile he is we don't know how explosive he is all we know was that he was he was making big plays and he was producing on the best team in college football, which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to immediately translate and be an NFL stud, but you just can't ignore the numbers. I mean, he was just, it's him and Etienne at the top, and there's no real debate about those two at the top. Harris is a beast. He's big. He has the numbers he's, he's produced, and now he's shown he is great in the passing game as well. So, Harris is number two in this class, and, and really they're kind of interchangeable, but uh, Etienne is definitely at the top for me right now. Just because Harris didn't test, we don't know if he's fast at all. Moving on to number three in the class, Javante Williams out of North Carolina. The top three running backs in this class really aren't up for debate at all. The top three are solidified. It's Etienne, Harris, and Williams. That's that's really it. You can't really make an argument for anyone else based on their profiles. So for Javante Williams out of North Carolina, he's coming out early, which is awesome. Etienne and Harris are seniors. We want to see guys coming out early, especially if you're playing like fantasy football, if you're playing dynasty leagues. And I know I've done a lot of fantasy things in the past, but that these rankings are kind of fantasy and real life, I would say. I, I kind of blurred the lines here and kind of put them together for one big rankings here. And it's not just specifically for fantasy, not just specifically for like real life NFL. It's just somewhere in the middle here, who I think is just straight up and down the best players in the draft at the running back position. So he's coming out early. He had a really ugly pro day he only weighed in at 212 pounds he was supposed to weigh like over 220 and he ran a 4.62 40 time at 212 pounds so if he ran a 4.6 and was 225 pounds that would not be that bad at all that would not be a bad thing running that slow if he was a if he was big if he was 220 225 pounds like closer to Najee Harris size if he ran a 4.62 that's not bad at all But at 212 pounds, that's pretty slow. It's not good. It's not great at all. He's still one of the only running backs in this entire class, however, that actually projects as a three down running back. He had a 17 reception season as a sophomore, a 25 reception season this year as a junior, and he had 1,100 yards rushing this year with the 25 receptions. So he really just, he kind of just checks the boxes pretty solid, nothing crazy going on since he's not that fast, nothing insane, but what he can say over the rest of almost every single other back in this class besides Etienne and Harris is that he can play all three downs, he can run early downs, he can catch on third down, and that's what's important with Javante Williams. And another big thing with Javante Williams, along with coming out early, is that you have to factor in the context that he competed for touches with Michael Carter, Diami Brown, and Daz Newsom, who are all entering the draft this year. So, if any of them weren't there at North Carolina, Javante Williams probably would have gotten even more touches, even more carries, even more receptions. So, just competing for touches with those guys, Javante Williams is probably a really, really solid player. He's just not as fast or as big as he hoped, but he will be a three down back in the NFL and he i know i said i wasn't going to talk about draft capital but he could get some pretty solid draft capital here going to number four number four i have kenny gainwell from memphis and the reason i have gainwell number four from memphis is that memphis is turning into running back you quietly darrell henderson tony pollard antonio gibson and now kenny gainwell kenny gainwell came in at 200 pounds at his pro day that's a huge win Kenny Gainwell was supposed to be a lot smaller than that came in at 200 pounds that's all we needed to see that's all we needed at Kenny Gainwell is just to see that he was big enough and the reason why I have Gainwell fourth is because he's got rushing and receiving ability he can do both and although he might not be a complete three down back in the NFL a guy like Kenny Gainwell will always have a job and always be productive and always have work just because of what he can do and what his skill set is So he had, in 2019, he had 1,500 yards rushing, 1,500 yards rushing, and 51 receptions. So he ran for 1,500 yards and caught 51 passes separate from that. That's absolutely ridiculous. That is a monster season. That's crazy. And he was doing it while sharing the field with Antonio Gibson, who in his rookie year just lit it up for Washington this season. He just went off until he got hurt at the end of the year and he was only getting the early down work. He really wasn't even getting that much passing down work. Gibson is a beast. Tony Pollard's a beast. Darrell Henderson is pretty good. Not great. Not like the other two. But uh Memphis is just turning into a, a running back you school and Kenny Gainwell's just the next product. He's a receiving and rushing weapon out of the backfield. He can line up anywhere, catch the ball anywhere. And that's why Gainwell is fourth, just because he will always have a job somewhere, whether it be as a number two, like a 1B running back who can also play the slot, some guy like that who is just going to get work all up and down the field, all over the place, rushing and receiving, which makes Gainwell an extremely interesting prospect. So, Kenny Gainwell, Memphis, number four. And then in 2018, he didn't do much. He really only has one year of production, that 2019 season. This year, 2020, opted out of the season. But in 2018, he was competing for touches with Pollard, Henderson, and Gibson were all there at the same time. So it was really hard for him to get on the field with all those studs there all at the same time. And even Darrell Henderson, who's not that great, is still a really good player, drafted in the second or third round, I'm pretty sure so even he had pretty significant draft capital and has definitely been a relevant fan or uh, not just fantasy but in general just a relevant running back so far so gainwell weighed in well has an unreal season on his resume 1500 yards and 51 receptions which is absurd so going to number five here's where things might get different from other services you may look at from any other draft site you might look at for fantasy or for real football number five i have chuba hubbard number five and chuba hubbard i have number five because of one reason he had 2,000 rushing yards in one season so i'm going to get into that in a second but let's just talk about his profile so far his pro day was extremely disappointing only 208 pounds with a 4 5 6 40 time. That's pretty slow for a lighter weight. 208 isn't too light for today's NFL, but it's definitely on the lighter side. We thought he would be much faster based on his stats that 2000 yard rushing season. We thought he would be like a 4 3, 4 4 guy, and he was only 4 5 6, which was not good. As a true freshman, 740 yards, 22 receptions. That's awesome. A great threshold to hit for running backs in college to know that they could be a good pass-catching weapon is around 20 receptions. A 20-reception season says you're a solid pass-catcher. You can catch out of the backfield. So we had 22 as a freshman, 740 yards. That's great as a freshman as well. So the next year as a sophomore, Chuba Howard explodes at Oklahoma State. 2,000 rushing yards, 21 touchdowns. 23 receptions his sophomore year that's incredible 2,000 2000 rushing yards is absolutely ridiculous no matter what conference or whatever you're playing in Oklahoma State still in a power five conference I know the big 12 has extremely weak defenses but still 2,000 rushing yards no matter how you you shape it up that's that's awesome production and as a sophomore like 19 20 years old rushing for 2000 total yards 21 touchdowns and 23 receptions in that sophomore season so that 2000 yard season is what him is what makes him a top 5 back in this class for me he's not dirt slow he's just slower a lot slower than we thought and that 2000 yard season makes him top 5 for me because that doesn't happen often in college football that somebody rushes for 2000 Total yards in one season. He had a poor season this year in 2020 and a poor pro day, but like I just said, that 2,000 yard season is still impressive and that still nets him a top five running back in this class for me. Number six, I have Michael Carter from North Carolina. So Michael Carter had 500 plus yards and 11 catches as a freshman. And he's had three straight 20-plus reception reception seasons, sophomore, junior, senior year, three straight 20-plus reception seasons, great pass catcher out of the backfield, had 1,000 yards rushing junior year, 1,200 yards rushing senior year. He had high praises all week at the Senior Bowl this year. He was high praised by all the scouts there. They all said he had a really great week. And... Most players that do well at the Senior Bowl tend to be productive NFL players. It's been happening. I've been noticing over the last few years, uh, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Dak Prescott, even Carson Wentz, like all these guys that are producing at the Senior Bowl are being solid, productive, at least productive NFL players at the bare minimum. They're at least doing something and contributing to the NFL and to their teams so michael carter also has some kick return experience so he's pretty dynamic um he's had some kick returns he's catching out of the backfield and he's producing on the ground as a rusher michael carter was an awesome prospect he's just he wasn't as big he he's not very big that was the big knock with michael carter he wasn't very big and the other knock with michael carter is that he had to come out as a senior when javante williams is coming out as a junior like i said way earlier in the show it's that early age production coming out early entering the nfl at 21 years old instead of 22 or 23 that's the big thing with age-adjusted production production and michael carter's biggest season was as a senior he waited till senior season to come out and he's small and then the senior production and the waiting till the senior year to come out are his big knocks and then he did his pro day And Michael Carter ran a 4.59 at only 201 pounds, which is extremely slow. That is crazy, crazy slow. It was super disappointing to see. We thought Michael Carter was going to be an awesome prospect, or at least somebody who could be productive out of the backfield, make some big plays happen every now and then, be a nice. even, Even he could have been a nice 1B option, and he still can be. Just with four, five, nine, you're not going to see him break off 80 yard touchdowns. It's it's not likely that he's going to do those kind of things, but he can still be a productive player. But what he did have, that was great 98th percentile agility. So I'm not going to. What I didn't do for these rankings is kind of copy and paste and copy a bunch of stuff from Player Profiler. Like I said, I just got the 40 times from there because I like that they do it adjusted. So. That's why I'm using their 40 times, but I'm not really going to use a lot of their metrics because those are theirs. I didn't come up with those metrics. If you want to look at them and what they are, go to playerprofiler.com. But I'm not going to sit here on my own podcast and copy someone else's metrics. But I do want to say he has 98th percentile agility score. So what they do for agility score is combine the short shuttle and the three cone. So his agility score was 98th percentile, so that means he's really good moving quickly, moving laterally in, um, in small areas. So if he does get some receptions out of the backfield, he can make some guys miss and be a productive player that way. You're just not going to see him break off like 99, 80-yard touchdowns, anything crazy like that, like big plays. I don't want to say 99. That's I don't know why I said 99. I just mean long runs, 40-plus-yard runs, 40, 50, 60, anything like that. You're probably not going to see him break off long touchdowns like that because he doesn't have the straight line speed, but he does have agility to maneuver in short areas. Number seven, Trey Sermon, Oklahoma and Ohio State. So he went to Oklahoma for three years, got outplayed in 2019 by Ramondre Stevenson, another back in this class, and then transferred to Ohio State. So the really interesting part with Sermon is that Sermon could be one of if not the biggest riser post-draft in this class. Trey Sermon this year at Ohio State had 330 yards against Northwestern, 200 yards against Clemson. He had some really big games there down the stretch for Ohio State. And he really turned a lot of heads. He's got great size at six foot, 215 pounds. That's what we look for in backs. Good size so they can play all three downs, take hits play in a workhorse role instead of carrying toys, having to come off the field for a pass catching running back. We want running backs who can stay on the field for all three downs. So he's got good size. The production profile isn't really there. It's not really complete. He had to transfer away from Oklahoma. He had those big games at Ohio State. So he could be he could be really good. We we honestly don't know. We've never seen him in a workhorse complete backfield to himself we haven't really seen it yet he ran a really really slow 40 time 466 so he has poor straight line speed as well and the, the theme going forward in this class is that this class is really really poor for running backs this is a poor running back class there's a lot of holes in everyone's profile here however he had 30 inch vertical uh, 10 foot 5 inch broad jump which are really good numbers for explosiveness So if you if you have a high vertical leap if you can broad jump a lot that means you're really explosive especially lower half It means you're an explosive player so he has great agility too six eight three three cone an average three cone is about seven seconds. So six eight three definitely under seven seconds. That's a really good time So even he, a little bit like Michael Carter, no straight line speed, but he can maneuver in the short areas and he can, with his explosiveness, he can get going fast. He just can't. His top speed isn't that fast, but he can get to his top speed pretty quickly, which is what those explosiveness numbers indicate, which is why the combine is so important to point these kind of numbers out to us. So he does have good explosiveness, good agility, just no straight line speed he's a very intriguing prospect he could rise all the way up to one of the top backs in the class if he ends up on the right team in the right situation but right now we're just going to plant him in at seven and like i said he could be one of the biggest risers by the end of the draft number eight i have elijah mitchell from louisiana lafayette if you've never heard of elijah mitchell it's time to get him on your radar it's time to get him on your favorite team's radar Elijah Mitchell is one of my favorite players in the class. And the only problem with him right now is that all season he was listed at 215 to 220 pounds. And then came in at his pro day only weighed in at 201. So I don't know if that was just a straight up lie by the school that he was 215 pounds. Or if he cut all that weight so he could be fast. But either way, even though he's small at 201. He has unbelievable speed or at least he showed it at his pro day, which is a lot more than anybody else in this class can say. He beats almost he beats most other running backs in this class simply by just being fast. He had a 4.40 40 time. His agility and explosive numbers were also incredible. He's a really great athlete or he was at his pro day at least he showed that he was a he was an incredible athlete. He stole the starting job at Louisiana Lafayette from Trey Ragas, who's another NFL draft prospect this year, so he straight up took the starting job away from an NFL draft prospect, and Raymond Calais, who was a 2020 seventh round pick, and for most people listening, you're going to be like, oh, 7th round pick, it doesn't matter, but at a small school like Louisiana Lafayette to take the job over a NFL draft pick and another NFL draft prospect means he's gotta be pretty good. He's gotta be a pretty good player if he can just take the job away from two guys like that. So he took the job away from them and he showed that he's really, really fast. So hopefully, maybe he can gain some weight, get to like 210, end up somewhere in the middle where he's got decent speed and decent size. Maybe he can go halfway, meet somewhere in the middle, gain a little weight, lose a little speed, but still be solid. He has, I think, 18, somewhere around 18 receptions was his most in a season, which is fine. That's good. Like I said, anywhere around 20 shows you can at least be productive. He was sharing the field with other NFL caliber players, meaning his stats could have been nuts if he wasn't sharing the field with them. And at guys with smaller schools, we want to see numbers that are nuts, because if you're not producing huge numbers at a small school, then you're probably not very good either. But he produced unbelievable numbers sharing a field with these guys, taking a backfield from these guys, and would have been even better in college if he had not shared the field with these guys. And he's really fast. So the one thing he can say, the one thing he can say for himself above every other running back in this class is that he's really fast and he's an incredible athlete, which is why he's definitely top 10 and top 8 for me. Number nine, I have Jermar Jermar Jefferson. J-E-R-M-A-R, Jermar Jefferson. So Jermar Jefferson, Oregon State. Jermar Jefferson was a favorite in this class before the pro day. And he was a favorite in this class because as a freshman, his true freshman season, he had 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 25 catches. Once again, the age-adjusted production. But unfortunately for him, the that season that freshman season is the only thing keeping him relevant right now he his pro day his numbers are some of the worst athletic testing numbers i've ever seen for a running back and this this is not saying he can't be good i'm not saying any player i'm never going to say a player just straight up can't be good in the nfl there's always a chance for any of these guys to be good but if you if you're that slow he ran he ran like in the four high four sixes he's just he's really slow his athletic testing was terrible his explosive numbers were terrible everything across the board his athletic testing was just horrible and i I wish it wasn't like that but that's the way it is he had a terrible he had a terrible day only 206 pounds so he can't even save himself with a slow 40 time by saying he's he's big and like 230 pounds or something. He's small and slow, which means he probably can't break away from defenders. He's not gonna outrun anybody, he's not gonna break tackles, he's not gonna avoid tackles. So if he ends up somewhere where he's like the backup or third string and there's some injuries, maybe he can be productive as a fill-in starter, but it's not good for him now With this terrible athleticism. So going on to number 10. I have Kylan Hill from Mississippi State. Kylan Hill is actually pretty interesting. Kylan Hill just fell down the board a little bit. Because he had a slow 40 time around 4'6". Kylan Hill actually has a really interesting profile in this draft. He's 214 pounds. Which is good size. But he ran a four six two, Very slow for a running back that was really disappointing kylan hill actually has some really good traits on his profile i originally had kylan hill ranked like 13th and then i looked at his stats and i was like wait this guy produced in the sec for mississippi state as a sophomore he had 1300 yards rushing and 22 receptions and if you rush for 1300 yards in the sec best conference in college football you have to be top 10 in the class Regardless of his speed, if you're going to rush for 1,300 yards in the SEC, your top 10 in the class, that is a top—not a top, but a—that is a great feat to accomplish for any player. Any player that can put on their resume that they rushed for that many yards in the SEC deserves some sort of consideration for one of the top backs in the class. He's just not very fast, and another big thing this year. In only three games playing this year, so 2020 season, he only played three games. He had 23 receptions in three games. So he can catch out of the backfield. He showed he can be an effective runner in the SEC. He's just not fast. His pro day killed us with his 40 time. Otherwise, he could have been an extremely solid, underrated prospect in this class. And he still is... He just doesn't have a lot of upside because he's not fast players that are fast have upside because they can run away from defenders and they can run for 40 yard touchdowns and 50 yard touchdowns like we spoke about etn like we said about elijah mitchell guys that are fast can break away from defenders and run away from defenders to score long touchdowns and make big plays so if he's not straight line speed if he's not fast he's not that agile his upside is capped but he does have the big season in the sec with 1300 yards rushing as a sophomore going to number 11 chris evans from michigan evans really intriguing prospect actually jim harbaugh ruins all his players harbaugh gets all these three four five star prospects ruins them all they have terrible quarterback play at Michigan. All they focus on is defense. They don't pass the ball. They're not an effective offense. They're not an efficient offense. They're one of the least efficient offenses in college football every year. If you want to look more into that, I did an article for player profiler, Roto a about Chris Evans and Nico Collins on why they're super underrated prospects in this year's class. And I also went in that article and explained why all these Michigan prospects are so underrated and what Harbaugh is doing to ruin the Michigan prospects Evans has great size not great but good which is a lot better than any other running backs in this class can say that he has good size 511 211 and just a little note here why size is so important if you're little it's hard to play three downs in a row run between the tackles and be the third down receiving back if you're little you have a higher risk for injury and that's why being fast is so important because if you're not big so if you're small and you're slow, so if you have a small frame and you can't run away and break away from defenders, you're going to get tackled all the time and you have a high risk for injury and not get. you're not going to be able to play three downs. But at least if you're small and fast, you can kind of run away from guys a little bit and not get tackled all the time because you can run away because you have good speed. So 5'11", 2'11", good size. 4'5", 7'40", isn't incredibly slow, but it's definitely not good. But it's not a not a death sentence. It's not a detriment by any means. 40 inch vertical. That's fantastic. That's a really good vertical leap. 40 inches. That's fantastic. 10-7 broad jump. Also fantastic. 6-5-6 three cone. So Chris Evans has unbelievable explosiveness and agility. So his speed, his straight line speed, isn't the worst. Like Trey Sermon's straight line speed really poor really really bad but chris evans is is at least somewhat average he has average straight line speed with great agility and great explosiveness so chris evans that's what makes him so interesting is that he isn't slow he's average straight line speed great agility great explosiveness and burst so that's what makes chris evans interesting as a true freshman at michigan 600 rushing rushing yards seven yards per carry So 600 doesn't seem like that much, but it's not not that many touches. So that's why yards per carry is important. Yards per carry just measures efficiency. So if he's getting 600 yards and ripping off 7 yards per carry, that's extremely efficient. He's had a 16 and an 18 reception season, so he can catch out of the backfield. He showed true freshman production, has shown receiving ability. But he could never win the starting job at Michigan for some reason. He missed a whole year, I think suspended, and never did quite earn the starting job. And the really weird part with Evans is that he's shown everything it takes to be a good back. Early production, pass catching ability, solid speed, great agility, great burst and explosiveness. He's just never done them all at the same time, which is really weird. He's never put all these traits together at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see when he gets drafted, if he gets drafted, and what team. But Chris Evans is an extremely interesting prospect. Definitely one to keep an eye on, especially for fantasy football. I don't know how much for real football you kind of want Chris Evans on your favorite team. But uh, he definitely has an interesting profile. All these things he's done, all these boxes that he's checked, he's just never done them all at the same time. He's never put it all together at the same time. Number 12, JVN Hawkins from Louisville. A lot of people that I trust and follow really like JVN Hawkins. Not really, really like, but he. a lot of people like him that I follow. A lot of smart people that I follow like JVN Hawkins from Louisville. As a sophomore, 1,500 rushing yards. He had a 4.540, which is pretty fast. It's I think 4.51, pretty fast. But he only weighed in at like 185 pounds. So we thought at 185 pounds he was going to run. And when I say we, I just mean like myself, people that I talk to in the fantasy industry, people in the scouting industry, like people that I talked to thought he was going to run like 4.3, be 185 pounds, and just be really fast. He was decently fast, but he was really small. So he could have been way higher in the rankings, but he's twelfth for me because he's not big and he wasn't as fast as everyone thought he was going to be. He has a sixteen reception season on his resume, which is that's pretty good. That's solid. So he has a big sophomore season, good early production, a good receiving season. So Javon Hawkins is interesting. He has the potential to be a satellite back, kind of a number two. I don't want to say exactly like a Tariq Cohen, but that kind of player who's not like a number one starter. He's like a number two. Come in on third down, catch the ball out of the backfield, make some big plays happen, be like a 12 touch per game guy, someone like that that's not gonna carry the ball 20 times, but maybe he will touch the ball like 12 times. So he's got some he's got some ability to be productive. Next up, 13. Deion Jackson from Duke. Deion Jackson was a name that was off of most people's radars almost the whole process until the pro day. So Deion Jackson's pro day, he came in 5'11", 218 pounds, awesome size, 218 pounds, great size to be an NFL three down back. Anything like 212 is like the threshold, 210's cutting it. And it's not cut and dry, like Christian McCaffrey wasn't 210 pounds, but he was really fast, like I said earlier. It's not cut and dry, obviously not every player like has to be in this threshold, but anywhere from like 212 to like low 220s is great size and size that we look for in backs that can play all three downs. So 218, good size, 447 wheels, anything 4, 5 or under for an NFL running back is really good speed. So a 447, that's great speed, so he has size, speed, he had 21 receptions as a junior, as a sophomore, 800 rushing yards, and 26 receptions. Duke isn't a powerhouse offense by any means, Duke isn't like a powerhouse football team, so 800 yards, that's pretty good for Duke, 800 rushing yards as a sophomore, 26 receptions, So Deion Jackson's super interesting in this class because the size, speed, pass catching ability, he is a very interesting later round pick, especially for fantasy. I, I like him as a later round flyer pick that you can take in like dynasty league drafts, not like any seasonal league, like traditional league this year. It'll depend on where he ends up and if he gets any draft capital at all. But the profile is definitely eye opening. He's Good size. He's fast. He can catch. It's it's eye-opening for sure. Deion Jackson put himself on the map at his pro day. The only problem with Deion Jackson is his career yards per carry is four yards per carry, which is terrible. Four yards per carry is awful for college football. If you can only run for four yards per carry in college, that is terrible. Four is good in the NFL, but four yards per carry in college is terrible. That is that is bad. It's really bad, which is why he's not ranked higher. But what I will say about the low yards per carry, let's say he can't, he doesn't have a high yards per carry because he stinks at reading holes. Maybe he's not good at reading his blocks. So he's going to be landing spot dependent. Let's say he ends up on a team with a really good offensive line. Maybe he won't have to read as many blocks. Maybe the holes will be bigger. And he has the speed, so if he has the speed and the holes are bigger, he can be a productive NFL player for sure and catch out of the backfield. Number 14, I have Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma. Stevenson, there's a lot of people that like him, but there's not too much to like here. I don't know why people are obsessed in the NFL with these 230-pound big run hard up the middle between the tackles. Players run you over. I, I don't know why there's people still obsessed with that type of player and that archetype of player. I don't understand. I don't really get it. But the NFL is just not that game anymore. He's 230 pounds, 4'6", 9'40". He did have 18 catches this season in 6 games. And as I said earlier in the podcast, he outproduced Trey Sermon and made Trey Sermon transfer out of Oklahoma. So that's that's a good thing on the resume. That's a really good thing to have on the resume that he kicked Trey Sermon he kind of kicked Trey Sermon out, made him transfer. 18 catches in 6 games as a 230 pounder if you're going to catch 3 balls a game, that's pretty it's pretty damn good. 3 catches a game for a 230 pound guy. That's pretty good. There's not a lot to like for Ramondre Stevenson there's not too much to like I mean four six nine is just so slow it's like offensive lineman slow almost it's just he's gonna have to be a tackle breaker in the NFL and I just don't do these big hard tackle breakers in the NFL I just don't do it I don't like these guys that the NFL is not that game anymore so Stevenson he, he did show some pass catching ability did show a little bit of it. What his his ceiling as a player. I'm not saying he is this. I am not saying it at all. I'm just saying he could be just like a worse, a worse version of Najee Harris. Najee Harris is 230 pounds. We don't know how fast Najee Harris is. Maybe Najee Harris runs in the 4.6s, low 4.6s. We don't know, and you can't just assume... That he's fast. You can't just assume that. You can't assume it without actual numbers. So you don't know that Najee Harris isn't slow, actually. Like 40 yard dash, straight line speed. We don't know that Najee Harris isn't actually that fast. So Ramondre Stevenson could be like a worse version of Najee Harris, possibly. Just because he is 230 pounds and he actually did catch out of the backfield, he could be a worse Najee Harris at his ceiling though that is his absolute ceiling is like a worse version of Najee harris number 15 khalil herbert out of virginia tech his car- his career college yards per carry 7.6 that's incredible 7.6 yards per carry that's a great number that's ah aw- that's awesome to see that's a really good star on his profile 5'9, 210 pounds so him being 5'9", instead of some of these other guys that are like 5'11", six foot, 5'9", 211 makes his BMI body mass index just a little bit higher. Body mass index doesn't, I'm sure almost everyone has heard of body mass index, talking about weight, things like that, but when we apply body mass index to football, we're just looking for players who are dense. We want players like low center of gravity, they're dense players. They're big for their height. We want weight on guys depending on their height so they're not getting injuries. I mean, in football, guys are running into each other every play. We don't want running backs injured. We don't want any players injured. So guys that can be dense, have that density, that high BMI, that's a good sign for, for running backs to have a good BMI. Just because they can they have to take hits every play. If you're a running back, you're taking a hit almost every single play. So if you have a high BMI, you have less likely for injury. Khalil Herbert, 455, five, 40 yard dash, which isn't terrible. It's not bad at all. There's not much receiving production there at all. So that's a minus on his resume. Above average agility. And the big knock for Herbert is that it. Took him five years to get drafted here. So he had like five seasons. One of his seasons must have been a red shirt. I didn't look too much into it. I just saw he had five years of of college production on his resume. So it took him five years, which means he's probably not that good. If it takes you five years to get drafted, it means you're probably not a special player in any way. But I mean, the number 15th ranked back in the class, you're not going to get a special player in any draft class, pretty much. So who knows if he's on the right team maybe he can be productive that great yards per carry is something for him to hang his hat on but other than that there's not too much to be excited about he's just like another guy prospect just another fill-in guy second third string running back that could be productive if he has to like fill in for somebody but there's really no upside here at all so that's my top 15 for the class I'm just gonna go through another notable names here before we wrap up. Another notable name, number one for notable no other notable names. Larry Roundtree out of Missouri. Larry Roundtree, 475, 40 yard dash. Oh my goodness, that is horrendous. That is just like all time like really bad 40 yard dash time for a running back. 475 is dirt slow. That is horrible. But 1200 yards rushing in the sec as a sophomore not a lot of people can say that they did that we have him who did it this year we have kylan hill there's not many guys that can say they ran for 1200 yards rushing in the sec as a sophomore 19 i don't know sophomore years like 19 years old something like that so somewhere around that age so that is something to note another guy in this class who's not going to be he has no upside there's no upside here but someone who could be productive if he ever like became the backup somewhere and got some touches maybe he could be productive but he's just not fast he's not going to break tackles he's not going to run away from defenders and he did have some receiving production as well he's just not fast he's not athletic he's extremely slow but he does have the sophomore year production in the sec number two jarrett patterson anybody from the buffalo area that i know listening to this podcast going to be super disappointed but uh, i have to be objective here there's no subjectivity in these podcasts it's all objective based on stats data analytics uh, production age adjusted production size adjusted speed all these things i'm using all these metrics i'm not just writing names on a sheet i'm using all these metrics weighing everything weighing competition for targets all these things i'm putting all these players in context objectively and ranking them and these aren't going to be perfect it's pre-draft we don't know what guy what teams these guys are going to be on yet that's a week away we don't know this is just a rough estimate a hard guess and then after the draft we can use this podcast to see how the rankings changed based on what teams these guys end up on. So Jared Patterson is one of the most dominant athletes in all of college this season and in his career. Over his three years at Buffalo, one of the most dominant athletes in all of college football. He has a 1,000 yards as a freshman, a 1,000 yards this year as a junior in a smaller number of games. 1,800 yards rushing as a sophomore. He had that 400-yard, eight-touchdown game the week before, 300 yards and like six touchdowns. He's had some monster games. These 400-yard, 300-yard games, incredible. He has a 13-reception season, and now I, I just I'm gonna start getting into some of the negatives for Patterson, why he is lower. Some of the negatives here, which pushes him down all the way down the rankings. He's only 195 pounds, 4'6, four, 440 yard dash, and 190 pounds. He's small and he's slow, which is just it was really disappointing to see. I thought if he ran a fast time, like even 4'4, four, 445, four, four, if he could run that fast, he would have been such an interesting prospect smaller school guy Buffalo's a smaller school athletically speaking he was just one of the most dominant college football players in the entire country over the last three years coming out early he had all these boxes checked for a small school prospect we want small school prospects to be this dominant it was really disappointing to see that he's small and slow and he's not a great pass catcher although I did it I kind of did a study on him after the college football season and what I found out was that he just didn't get targeted and he didn't get targeted in the passing game because he was so dominant as a rusher the team literally did not have to pass almost ever they never passed the ball because he was so dominant at rushing they just didn't need to pass so that could be an explanation for why he doesn't have that many receptions on his resume but uh, the, the size and the speed are that's a, it's a death blow for him. If you're gonna be small and slow, you're not going to be a productive NFL player. It's just not gonna happen. It, it was nice, it was gonna, it was nice, especially for me, someone from Buffalo. It was it was a nice story and hopefully it still can be, like I said, not it, nothing is a complete cut and dry that's it you're done you're slow you're small you're done no such thing as that anybody can be successful in the nfl but uh this is just like i said it's objective i'm trying to predict what's likely to happen you can't predict exactly what's going to happen for every player i want every player to succeed i don't hate any players i want all these players to succeed if they can but patterson just the numbers and and the weight and the um, The speed just don't suggest that anything is going to happen here for him in the NFL. But hopefully I'm wrong. Cool story. Dominant player. Some awesome games. Really fun to watch at UB, University of Buffalo. And hopefully he can somehow be a good NFL player. But the likely outcome is that he is not. Number three on the other notable names. Keeney and Wangwu. I don't. I have no idea how to say the name, Kenny um, Kenny Inwangunu. It's K E N E for his first name. His last name is N W A N G W U. Kenny Inwangu from Ohio State or Iowa State. Iowa State. Kenny 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 Inwangunu. Ohio. Iowa State I don't know why I keep saying it. Iowa State Iowa State Iowa State he's six foot two ten four three seven forty time he has almost no college production at all 300 rushing yards and three receptions are his best college season he has no production at all no production to speak of in any year but he had one of the best athletic testing days out of any running back in this class. And if you're a good athlete, you never know. Good things can happen for guys who are fast and agile and are explosive. So who knows? He's just a name to keep an eye on. There's no college production at all. But there are impressive athletic testing numbers. four three seven forty 40 times, 6 8, 3 3-cone, 3 10-5 broad jump, 38-inch vertical, so his athletic testing is incredible. He's really high percentile in all of the metrics, all of the athletic testing metrics. So he's athletic, and if you're athletic, it at least gives you a chance to be a good player. When you're not athletic, if you're, and this is just a little side note, if you're not athletic, if you're not fast, you have to rely on technique and or route running and juke moves as a running back. You have to be so technically fundamentally and mechanically sound if you don't have speed that's the only way you can be a productive nfl player is if you run good routes or you hit the holes really well or you have good vision but for for guys like this that don't have production and just have straight athleticism you can do some fun things in the nfl with athleticism maybe he ends up on a team and someone can teach him how to be a good running back guys with good athleticism These are traits that can be molded into something. People that are slow have to rely on technique and fundamentals, whereas these athletes that are just super fast and explosive don't necessarily need as much technique because they can just get away with things because they're so fast. So anybody that has great athletic testing numbers is always an interesting prospect, so that's why he's a notable name just to keep an eye on Maybe he gets drafted really late and someone can turn him into something special. And then the last guy on the list, CJ Maribel, Coastal Carolina, 195 pounds, was a horrific athlete at his pro day, just a really, really terrible athlete at 195 pounds. But the only thing that makes him interesting here, and as I said from the very first thing, we're coming full circle from ETN all the way down to CJ Maribel. The NFL going towards a passing league, moving away from a running league. C.J. Maribel from Coastal Carolina has a 38 and a 31 reception season on his resume. So he can catch out of the backfield. Some team might value that tremendously. Someone might want that in their backfield. He's not fast, but he definitely can catch out of the backfield. And the NFL is now a passing league. So for him, maybe he ends up on a team for that reason alone. So that is the top 15 running backs. I gave you four other names. That is 19 total running backs for today. If there's anybody else, anybody wants to hear about, any other questions, I, I just wanted to go 15 guys, a couple extra few notable guys to keep an eye on. Maybe there's some guys I didn't talk about that could be good in the NFL. That would stink because then I would be wrong and I would miss out on guys, and I don't want to be a guy who – I don't want to be someone who misses out on guys. I want to be someone who covers almost everybody. So if someone does break out or someone does hit that's off the radar, I can say, yeah, I talked about him on my podcast. I I went over him, said there was something there. So there's not too many other guys to be excited about. I mean, there's not – it almost never happens where there's 20 running backs in a class and someone off the top 20 – does something great it doesn't happen very often but for this class this class is extremely poor after the top three everybody in this class has at least one question mark every running back in this class has a question mark whether it be size speed athleticism production everybody in this class other than the top three has something going on which makes them not a bulletproof bulletproof prospect That doesn't mean these players can't be good. They all have traits. They're all getting drafted, so if you're getting drafted to the NFL, that means you're doing something right. They all have traits that can translate to the NFL, whether it be production, athleticism, size, whatever it is. They all have some sort of trait that can translate, but all of them have holes. There's only really two prospects on the board here with Etienne and Harris that don't have any holes at all, and we don't even know if Harris is fast. So Harris could be slow, and he has a hole. So really, Travis Etienne is the only prospect in this class with no holes, and possibly Najee Harris, but everybody else has at least one hole, if not more, which makes this a pretty poor class overall for running back speaking. So that's my overview on the running back class for 2021. If anybody has any questions don't be afraid to reach out at KZ underscore g14 on twitter talk some football with me talk some baseball with me any sport fantasy real life any player any team whatever don't be afraid to reach out ask some questions and for those listening to the end here do research on your own don't listen to me well listen to this and then now that you're at the end do your own research find out what players you like and start to look up some of these metrics, some some metrics to look for. Speed score, agility score, burst score, breakout age, college dominator rating. Start to look up those things. Go on playerprofiler.com. Look up these advanced metrics. They're changing the game. If you're not into data analytics and metrics now, you are behind in scouting. You're behind in player analysis. So if you're at home listening listening to this, do some research. Start to learn what these advanced stats mean so you can better evaluate players, whether you're a fantasy player or just a fan, for your team to make better picks. So that's all. I'll be back next time, probably talking about the wide receivers in this class, and then hopefully I can cover everybody by the draft next Thursday.